0: slash drink and download the Zocdoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z O C D O C dot com slash drink. Zocdoc.com slash drink. Well, we were recording through my laptop. Oh, cool. I mean, it's like that thing where we said the blue cheese and the olives, and then it deleted. I Any,
1: mean, I mean, you know. Blah, 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 blah.
0: Anyway, let's try this again. (laughs) (laughs) The point is, we don't know what we're doing, and I'm bad at math, even though I pretend sometimes that I'm not.
1: I mean, last week we said that we would do this where we just ranted, and then we recorded, and then we caught them up on the gist. So we did that again. We did do that. You'd think 45 episodes in, we would know how to just press record. Someday. Sup? There's a lot of fires. Listen, everything's on fire. Everything's on fire. Really, it's 2017, realized it had a month left to get all this bullshit out of the way. And it's like, oh, time to just set everything on fire. Just do a nice cleansing. cleansing. It's a 2018 detox. Burn it all to the ground. This clearly didn't go well. Yeah. Just turn it to ash. (laughs) A phoenix will rise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A phoenix. How's your wine, by the way? I brought Christine wine.
0: Here's the thing. I was at work today, and it was a stressful day because everything's on fire. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking, oh, no, I don't have any wine left at home. So I literally just text M, and I go, um, do you happen to have wine at work that you can bring? And I <laughs> was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I
1: was like, in a giant prop house. We have a room literally called the alcohol room. Which makes me wonder why M doesn't bring wine more often, but it's fine. I'm glad it doesn't make you wonder why I don't invite you to my work anymore. Because <laughs> I just... Probably for the best, I don't show you that
0: room because you'll never leave and then I'll lose my job. So, I watched. We have this creepy little like window in our door. So, sometimes I watch when M shows up and I was watching M out the door and um, I see M's car pull up and I'm like, okay, there better be wine coming. <laughs> and I watch and M gets out of the car and it's just kind of like walking toward the house and I'm like, M's not holding anything. And then I see you turn around, and I'm like, yep, 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 there it is. (laughs) You unlocked the car and pulled something out, and lo and behold. You're correct. Two bottles of wine.
1: You're right. So really, who won at the end of the day? I brought you two.
0: It wasn't our listeners, because they have to.
1: I thought it would be funny if I brought you fake wine, if I brought you an empty bottle. Why is that funny? That's
0: really fucking rude. And then that's why I didn't do
1: it. Thank you. Um, But no, everything really is on fire. And when you say that that was a stressful part of your day, you weren't kidding because everyone here is freaking out. Like at my job, uh, we have a clock in, clock out system. Mm -hmm. And that's just been going bananas because like people that I work with all live in the areas that are getting affected right now. So people have been like going in and out of work or not coming in at all and having to go rescue their pets and like having to pack bags. And half the people didn't even come into work today because... Either the traffic was so bad or they got evacuated and they're not in town or they like, just couldn't make it because there was some other panic that they had to deal with. So, yeah. like, we can't even drive to, like, the Starbucks down the road right now because all the roads are blocked off. Okay. And so they had people bring us food so no, no one had to leave the office. Yeah. And everyone was like, is anyone okay? Does anyone have, like... Do you need a place to stay? Like, everyone was offering up their homes. I thought you were going to say, do you have a gluten
0: allergy? No, I
1: thought it was about the No, because he brought bagels. (laughs) So the answer is no.
0: Is anyone vegan? (laughs) Oh, everyone is vegan. (laughs) Oh, okay.
1: It's very uh, unifying because currently there's, like, a bunch of people that don't have homes right now. It's
0: really scary.
1: That are, like, even just at my job. So we've been all kind of working together and making a phone tree of... Oh well if you can't find a place you can stay with me yeah. and if I
0: can't find a place then I'll stay with you and it's really wild. Like in we're in Burbank, but a lot of people like live in the valley or live up north and yeah. it's been empty. Like work has been empty. And yesterday was a holiday party and they sent out an email like we're still gonna have it, because technically we're open, but we have to move it indoors so you don't breathe in fucking toxins all day right. or all night. And uh like half the people aren't gonna show up, which I was like great open bar half the people aren't gonna show up (laughs) like that's fine but it's really scary like so many people just couldn't come into work I actually got evacuated from
1: work oh my god um on Tuesday and it was I've never been evacuated from a company before and it felt kind of like a field trip which is really fucked up to say because I mean obviously there's a lot of people dealing with issues right now but I haven't like it felt kind of like a snow day but it was just a fire day so it felt like snow day but hell yeah well totally because like when i was driving home from my quote snow day i was driving into flames like if you've seen the pictures on the news and twitter that's real like we are absolutely driving through things that look like (laughs) scenes straight out of hell literally on fire (laughs) like i'm and there's points where you're driving and like, you think, like, oh, I'm going the wrong way for sure because I'm driving towards the flames and everything's getting yellow around me and my car's glowing. You're like, that's a volcano and I'm driving <laughs> yeah. inside of it. But you have to, like, pass it to get home. Yeah. Anyway. Guys.
0: End of days. Hashtag end of days. <laughs> um, all right. So with that aside, there's more I have to say. Oh, why do you drink? Um. Well, I drink, A, because of that. Mm-hmm also because of that that's really the only reason i have oh what else you have to say Uh, i have to say that our facebook live is today at 3 p.m yes
1: we'll probably have a lot to say then too we'll probably have a lot to say that no one can hear or you'll have a lot to say and we can't see so
0: (laughs) good luck good luck to future us (laughs) if our last facebook live is any indication (laughs) no one will know what's going on um okay i want to read this to you we got an email yesterday or today mm-hmm. uh from someone named taylor hi taylor taylor marrow uh, this is just like creepy as fuck okay okay the subject is i think your podcast is haunted dot 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 question mark probably and i was like go on <laughs> go, go on i'm intrigued <laughs> hey fellow gemini's which first of all thank you hey how you doing Sup. My name is Taylor. Um, First, I wanted to say that your podcast gives me life. Did she write that? Nope, I wrote that. Oh. In my head. (laughs) I don't know. Someone's bound to. Uh, Which is why I continue to listen despite the creepy shit that's been happening lately. Let me do my best to explain because I'm as baffled as you guys will probably be. I started binge listening to your podcast about a couple months ago. Thank you. I had never had any paranormal experiences beforehand and typically explain things away before believing in the supernatural. You guys were so hilarious and entertaining, though. I thank you. you. So I started listening during my two hour road trips to Northern Virginia. Oh, hey, girl. The first time something strange happened, I was listening to a listener's episode about brutality against albino people in Tanzania. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was driving around 12 a.m. on a back road. First of all, no. No. Don't do that. No, thank you. Ever. When a flash of white darted in front of my car, I slammed on my brakes and my car came to a screeching halt a few inches away from an albino deer. Shut the fuck up. Listen. That's some wild shit. Its head was turned straight towards me and my headlights made its eyes appear glowing red. Yeesh. It paused there for a good five seconds, staring at me before darting into the woods. My heart was pounding so fast at the time, but eventually I ended up chalking it up to a coincidence. There were a few other strange things that I can't really explain that happened during one of my late night road trips. While listening, Emma had mentioned that a cold chill had filled a room. As she said that, freezing cold air started to blast from my vents for about 10 seconds while my heat was turned all the way up. A week later, you guys were telling a story about how a family was being haunted and a knife ended up going through a dad's hand for no reason. Don't panic. I wasn't stabbed. LOL. <laughs> I didn't know where this was going. But my pocket knife was sitting on my passenger seat. I keep it with me for protection wherever I go. After M said that, the knife blade flipped open on its own. Nope. I do not have a switchblade, so it had to have been done manually. Nope. Thinking about that still freaks me out. I decided at that moment to stop listening during those late night drives. Good call. Good call. And instead began listening in the mornings at home because I'm a weirdo and love to start my day with such st- chipper stories. For a while, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. Until a few nights ago. Jesus. Dot, dot, dot. We're already sorry. I will try to explain this as best I can, but it's difficult for me to even process. While I was sleeping, I think I experienced sleep paralysis. I remember in my dream hearing M's voice. <laughs> you're welcome. How does that feel, Em? <laughs> uh, saying something that was said on an earlier podcast. It was about vulnerability when you are naked in the shower and how you could have the feeling that you're in the presence of something purely hateful and evil. Been there. Uh, basically I heard along the lines of the words in the presence of evil, which woke me up. However, I could not move and felt something so, so dark next to me. It wasn't on top of me, but I felt paralyzed. A really intense chill ran through my body while I was struggling to move and get away from it. The chill happened two more times when I felt the presence move to the foot of my bed and then to the left of me. This all happened in a matter of seconds, I think. Finally, I was able to pull myself out of the dream. I turned on my light to see nothing in my room, but I was sweating bullets and extremely nauseous. I tried to reason that it was just sleep paralysis because I had a terrifying experience a couple years before with it. It was when I was back at my parents' house recovering from surgery. Weirdly, it happened at a time that I came way too close to death multiple times due to my illness. I assumed it was a side effect of my medication and trauma from surgery, but I will not know to this day. When I first experienced sleep paralysis, I saw my dog from my childhood come up the stairs and pause. I missed him so much, he was my baby boy. Hmm. Actually, come to think of it, he looked just like Gio as a puppy. Aww. (laughs) Hi, handsome baby G. Anyways, this next part is pretty disturbing, so I'm sorry. When Bandit, my pupper who passed away at the age of 13 in that house, turned to me, he transformed into a large black dog with red eyes. Oh, fuck. My mom was actually in bed with me, and she said I started to make choking sounds like I was gasping and trying to yell. I woke up sobbing, and I was so thankful that I didn't experience sleep paralysis again for a long time. I don't know what you guys think of this. Am I overreacting to things that should have an explanation? Am I right to be worded out? My fiancé thinks it's just random coincidences, but I have a deep feeling there's something more. I have never heard of haunted podcasts before, but I wanted to let you guys know my experiences and see if you had some advice. And yes, I am crazy enough to keep listening. LOL. Love you guys. Stay spooky. Taylor. Well, listen, what the fuck? (laughs) I don't have just sorry. Just a lot of apologies. Just So many apologies. But the albino thing freaked me out yeah that freaked me out too and al- i've never even seen a fucking albino what deer. are the odds
1: that you're listening to someone talk about albinos and you see an albino at the same time and they are both relatively evil like the story we told and that thing with glowing red eyes
0: well the story we told wasn't evil
1: what's happening to albinos oh yeah that's
0: pretty fucking evil but it wasn't like the albino oh, person the albino
1: they're the victim for sure
0: yeah okay but then the evil resonates with either story what's the evil with the albino deer
1: that had jumped down, and had glowing red eyes and looked like the devil. <laughs> that's pretty evil. Am I the only one making these connections?
0: Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, but it is creepy to be, like, hearing about... Just what are the odds? It's really fucking weird. Anyway. So that's that. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Well, we've taken up
1: enough of our time, so let's just do this story. I want to hear it. So, guys, this is the first story I'm doing that's not about ghosts. I'm sorry. What? It's... Look at... Wait.
0: <gasps> i'm so excited what is it tell me
1: this is a i don't really know what you would call it i guess a mystery <gasps> i guess a mystery is i it? really it
0: has no genre is it what i think what is it i don't know what, what do you think it is i don't know what is it what do you think tell me
1: so this was a story sent in by olivia okay and i just thought maybe people needed a break because i was getting to a point where all my ghost stories were either about
0: exorcism
1: No, I felt like a majority of them were just, like, about hotels recently. Oh, yeah, they were a lot of restaurants and hotels. a lot of restaurants and hotels, and I was like, all right, I'm going to just step aside. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is the story of the silent twins. What's that?
0: Do you know it? Okay, well, you don't.
1: You just just said that.
0: Wait, you mentioned it last week when I did Sabina Erickson and Ursula Erickson. Did I? You were like, are those the silent twins? Oh, maybe that was, like, a... Freudian slip. Are these the ones that have the, they were in separate cells? Okay, just tell the story.
1: Okay. So the twins are named June and Jennifer Gibbons. My And that's not all. <laughs> Listen, I'm terrified. So, um they were born in 1963 in Barbados, but they grew up in Wales. And at a young age it became very clear that they um were silent a lot, like they wouldn't they wouldn't speak to like even their own parents, even as toddlers, like they wouldn't babble to their parents and they wouldn't babble to any, uh, anyone. Were
0: the they... only people
1: that they talked to were themselves.
0: Were they like autistic? No. Oh. What the fuck? Cause that's like a sign of autism. Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, yeah when yeah, you yeah. don't like
1: communicate. No, that was a valid question. <laughs> uh, Thanks for laughing in my face. I was like, what the hell? Um doctor well so they took them to the doctor thinking that that might be the case and the doctor was like it looks like they're able to communicate with each other but they're not talking to anyone else oh yeah like they were voluntarily even like too young to even be making any decision at all they would already decided amongst themselves that they only communicate with each other oh no um so the doctor deemed them elective mutes where like they were just like choosing to be mute unless it was to each other okay so, they, like, understood what people were saying, and they could actually talk, but they were doing, like, that twin language. Right. So, nobody else knew what they were saying, but they were definitely talking to each other. And if anyone else even, like, tried to get their attention, they would just go catatonic. Like, they just, like, would just... the fuck? They would just freeze everything. Um, later on, which I shouldn't be quoting any of this yet, but eventually, um, they spoke. Later okay. as, as adults. Um, June. June Gibbons said, we made a pact early on. We said we weren't going to speak to anybody. The fuck? Um, she later confessed, because um, this was in an interview. Um, also, I think the interview, because I, I saw the transcript, and it was on, I think, snapjudgment.com. Okay. So I think you can get it from there. But uh, June said... That they started their secret language as a game, and then by the time they realized that they had gotten carried away with it, they were unable to like break out. Like they were so <sighs> used to it that they couldn't stop. Oh no! So they would talk in their own language, but apparently, uh, in hindsight, that language was just sped up English, just like really fast, really, really, Wait, really fast what? English.
0: Yeah. Well, they don't talk like this. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Like blah, 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 blah. let's have a fake language. Ready?
1: Uh, hey i'm out what are you doing (laughs) wow i none of us know what that said you guys that was secret language (laughs) um so anyway they said that they felt trapped and they couldn't get out of speaking that way that's terrifying um she said it went too far and although we longed to be normal we couldn't break out we tried to get back to the outside world but it was too late we were twins but our personalities clashed to make things worse so, like, they actually kind of hated each other, but they also didn't know how to talk to anybody but themselves. So, they were, like, what? forced to be friends, but also hated each so other. So, they
0: were, like, the only ones they had. Yeah. But they also they could, hated each other.
1: Can't live with you, can't live without you.
0: <laughs> am I right or am I <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So while growing up, they um, were the only black children mm-hmm. in their area. So they got bullied a lot. Um, oh. This was back in like the early 60s. No, they were born in the 60s. So this was like the 70s. Okay. Um, and so that just encouraged them to talk even less to people. Sure. So if they even wanted to break out and try to make friends, they were bullied so much that they were like, we might as well just not even try. For sure. By age 11, not only were they only speaking to each other. And nobody else, but they'd begun walking in sync as well. Like very <laughs> shining shit. Yeah. Um, they would walk down streets and like they would like perfectly step in, in sync with each other. Um, if anyone looked at them, they would just freeze. Like they would just like go blank, like zombie wouldn't move like stiff as a board. <gasps> what? Like if anyone tried to talk to them at all, they would just stop everything and just shut down.
0: Ew, that kind of just gave me chills. That's so creepy. Like, can you imagine
1: if someone just walked by And all of a sudden, you just, just, it reminds me of that Jenna Marbles video, (laughs) and she's like, if a guy, did you ever see this? I don't know. She was giving advice about, like, if guys ever bother girls at the club. Uh Uh-huh. And she was like, if you commit to it, like, if you're dead serious and don't break your, don't break and don't laugh, it will work every time if you just make an ugly fucking face and just freeze until they walk away. (laughs) Like, they will eventually walk away. Like, if if you break or laugh at all, then it's a joke, and they, like, try to talk to you about it. But if they're like, come on, let's go dance, and you keep frozen. And they're like, no, seriously, come on, and you keep frozen. And they're like, hey, that's not funny, and you keep frozen. Eventually, they're just going to be like, fuck you, and walk away. <laughs> I imagine that's what these little girls are like, where they're just, like, walking, like, in a little little step-to-step together, and someone talks to them, and they just make it frozen face and just and kill the person to goes away yeah jesus <laughs> that's what i imagine creepy so uh they also refused to never leave their room so they were always in their room and they refused to speak to their parents or even their siblings wait so they refused to leave their room yes Oh, okay you get me no one else does
0: that's why word they refused okay i got it i, yeah, got, yeah, yeah. I got you so
1: they only wanted to ever be in their room got and they you. never left um they wanted to, if they wanted to watch TV they would leave a note for their parents. So they can write, like they can clearly obviously speak. Oh my
0: god, they didn't even speak to their parents.
1: Can you imagine like I don't know if you're a supportive parent or like you just gave up as a parent or you're just like whatever as a parent. But like you know your kids have never spoken to you in their entire lives. They can clearly communicate and they just choose not to. But anyway, if they wanted to watch TV, they would slip the parents a note and they would bring the TV next to the staircase so the the girls could sit in their room and look over the balcony and watch tv um and then if they uh i guess it said at one point they got so synchronized to each other's movements that if one fell off a horse the other would just throw herself off the horse like they just could not do anything without each other
0: oh no it's like when a twin has like a broken leg and the other one feels it yeah, except this afar. one
1: all, like grabs her own leg and breaks it so they're the same.
0: <laughs> right. She's like, "Guess I got to snap my f- f- fibula f- femur." <laughs> femur. <laughs> it's like um that episode of My
1: Strange Addiction about their twins.
0: <gasps>
1: Do you see that one? That we watched that's that together. That's a juicy one. That was a good one. That's a good one. That, well, that's these girls in the past apparently. Oh, right. But also those girls talked a lot. Um Oh, they just never shut the fuck up. Like us. So at 14, (laughs) the twins were sent to therapists because after 14 years, the parents were like, maybe you need to talk to somebody. I mean, you know, better late than ever. None of the therapists could get either of them to talk. What? And so the way that they uh, tried to handle it from here is like, okay, well, maybe they just need to learn to be individual from each other. So let's put them in different schools. Right. So they put them in different boarding schools and it actually made them even worse. Oh no. And they just did like that frozen catatonic yeah. silence like not moving stuff as a board for hours on end so eventually that's, how that's insane how do you even keep that especially when you're not even near the person but like you just had an agreement that they just don't talk to people that gives me the creeps and keep in mind when they do talk to each other it's in another language no so um like they still do twin babble at 14. wait and it's sped up english it's basically sped up English. That's how they later described sounds it. it probably really creepy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something like that. What the fuck? I'm imagining. Just the thought of that is so creepy. So they came back um, from separate schools, and they, because it, like, I guess fucked them up even more, they spent the next few years secluded in their room and never left, and they... Uh, but the parents knew that they were okay. Cause they would hear them upstairs performing plays for one another in their secret language In their secret <gasps> language and would write in their diaries. And apparently they wrote two to 3000 words a day.
0: Wait. So the parents read the diaries.
1: Um, no, we'll find, we'll get there. Oh, so their mother used to not only get, bring the TV to the stairs, but would have to slide food and mail under their
0: door. Like, they didn't even want to see people anymore. Listen, my mom would be like, fine, fucking starve to death.
1: No, but can you imagine, for years, imagine you're a parent, Uh your child goes upstairs with their twin... And then close the door. And then for years, you don't even see them. You just know they're okay because they're upstairs performing plays for each other.
0: Yeah, but like... That's how you know that they're okay. Then come get a fucking girl, cheese. Like, I'm not going to slide it under <laughs> the door. Get over yourself. But still,
1: it's weird that as parents, they didn't even see them for years and just would hear people walking around upstairs. I mean,
0: it, it's definitely a different scenario than just like a bratty kid. It's like a totally different level. So yeah, yeah you're right.
1: So the girls um, later on, this was found out later on, but when the diaries were read, apparently up until this point, they thought that the twins loved each other because how would they know? No they one's spent ever told all them. their time together. But then in the diaries, they found out that they actually really like had huge issues with each other in their relationship. And Ooh. they couldn't break free from this like twin connection and this twin, this connection in general, not just the fact that they're twins, but like this weird relationship <gasps> they had. So June wrote in her diary, Nobody suffers the way I do. Not with a sister. With a husband, yes. With a wife, yes. With a child, yes. But this sister of mine, a dark shadow robbing me of sunlight, is my one and only torment.
0: (gasps) Robbing me of sunlight. That's dark. For like a fucking preteen.
1: And Jennifer wrote, we have become fatal enemies in each other's (gasps) eyes. We feel the irritating, deadly rays come out of our bodies, stinging each other's skin. I say to myself, can I get rid of my own shadow? Impossible or not possible. Impossible or not possible. It's the same fucking thing. Way to go, Jennifer. Listen, Jennifer. Without my shadow, would I die? Without my shadow, would I gain life, be free, or be left to die? Without my shadow, which I identify with a face, a misery,
0: deception, murder. And um, so... There's a lot of problems happening here. So they... um. As you can tell, they wanted to be writers, and so listen. I'll hire them
1: right away. They write away. I'll hire them right away. I'll book them next. I can. Oh Get my it. god. Okay,
0: anyway, I'll uh, nope. Double their salary now. The <laughs> oh, cause they're twins. <laughs> just, just go on.
1: So they started writing uh, novels. Event- because oh, at- oh, okay. Of course. Sure. So at this point, they're now, um, they wrote, they sent out for like a class, like a writer's class, but they would like send you books. So once again, they didn't have to leave the house. They just took like a writer's workshop in their own room. In the mail. Yeah. So they um, started writing novels and it's where they started like displaying like really fucked up behavior. mmm Um, so they took their mail order class and so each of them wrote a different novel. June wrote a book called Pepsi Cola Addict, (laughs) which is something my mom used to be. (laughs) It sounds like a song. Um, which was about a high school teen who was seduced by a teacher. Oh no. And then later sent to a reform program where a gay guard terrorized him. I mean, I'm sorry. That's not anything
0: that the title suggests. <laughs> Cola addict, those guys, you I, know. I was promised a lighthearted, bubbly story. I was promised a Kendall Jenner ad
1: is Same. what I was promised. Same. Um, and then Jennifer wrote a book called Disco Mania,
0: Listen, which is about
1: excessive murder that happened in a disco club. So at least she was kind of on point with the title. Meh. Disco and mania. May I ask a question? I don't know. Sure. What is excessive murder? Good question. We'll have to read Disco Mania. You, it just says excessive murder, excessive murder, excessive violence, all taking place in a disco club. Okay,
0: that sounds like an actual movie, maybe.
1: Yeah, like a really shitty eighties, like straight to video. Yeah. So then, so they're all about writing, and they're t- like have all this like criminal just, like, kind dark of behavior. Passions. Yes. And it's all going out in their books, at least. So at least they have like a... Outlet. An outlet. Then, somehow, some way, they decided that they were going to go outside. Oh, no. And immediately started talking... Talking, by the way, talking. Normal. To a... Two boys that were tourists. What? Because they were in Wales. So two American boys were visiting Wales. Wait, were talking they to in Wales layout. this whole time? Yes. Oh. They hot. were born in Barbados and lived in Wales.
0: Oh. Wait, so they weren't speaking... English. Wait, what language were they speaking? Speaking English. Oh, okay. And so um,
1: they started dating these boys. I guess I... Okay, there were different... <laughs> <laughs> what? Look. <laughs> <laughs> they, and then they started... I guess one of them was dating one of the boys and didn't really like him, but was dating the boy so that the twin could be dating the other boy and they would both have dates. Apparently <laughs> they could only talk when they were hammered. Like so, they would get incredibly drunk what? and then go on dates with these boys so that they could actually talk. But they did say that that was the first time they ever felt relatively independent of each other, even though they were because they had still another together. human to talk to. I think, and also they said they were actually like dressing up and trying to look nice, and so they felt they felt wanted by someone that wasn't someone the else. twin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, go on. Anyway. Anyway. They ended up losing their virginities. Oh! At the same time? Yes. Really? To the same boy. No. What do you mean? Are you making that up? No. Wait, what happened to the other boy? Well, the, she didn't
1: like... One of them didn't like the boy. Oh, they, she was only doing so it. So she too. just, like, said, see ya, and then one time, at a church, ah, all what? three of them got drunk, then the boy took both their virginities while the others watched, while the other one watched. And then... This is even grosser, but, like, I had to read it, so you have to hear it. But apparently, I guess the first one, like, said a couple things during it. Like, nothing, like, crazy. I just don't want to, like, repeat sex things. But, like, was, like, making certain comments during sex. hmm And then when she, when that one had lost her virginity got up, the other one laid down and said the exact same things in the exact same order. Like, so they were still copying each other.
0: Oh, wait. Oh, so the girl said things during sex. The girl said things during sex. And then the twin said the same thing. And then the twin laid down afterwards,
1: had sex with the same boy while the first one watched, and said the
0: same things that the first one did. Listen. And that's not healthy. <laughs>
1: that is true. No. Anyway, that has really not much to do with the story, but I had to learn that, so everyone has to. <sighs> um, so anyway, the Taurus boys stop being tourists and went back to america they were like i can't be a tourist anymore (laughs) they were like we've we've done all that we needed to our tourist duty has ended so they left and then i guess the twins now had more aggression than ever like i don't know why i guess because the two people that they ever finally spoke to are now gone
0: we're like let's have sex
1: bye and so now they're just back to each other woof so they had a lot of uh they decided instead of just writing about crime, they were now going to start committing crime.
0: <laughs> oh. That was the next obvious step. Em and Christine, 2.0. They stopped <laughs> writing about crime. No, don't compare. Uh, first of all, I would never sleep with a boy. <laughs> so, second of all. Same. Am I right? What? No, I am You're don't drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying
1: to make it sound like I'm not a murderer. Oh, right. Okay. That's a good way to do that. So um, they turned to petty crime uh and starting with like minimal like theft and then they started attacking each other so at one point um jennifer tried to strangle june with a telephone cord (gasps) june tried to drown jennifer in a (gasps) river and it's interesting to note that even though they hated each other apparently they would always like bounce back and apologize and just be friends again afterwards I mean, they don't have a choice, right? They're like, well, the reason, with each other. The reason that they turned to, um, like, they decided that they were just going to start committing crimes and, like, being more aggressive physically. Yeah. Um, in one of their diaries, June wrote uh, the reason why they are doing it now. And it was, no friends, nothing else to do, nothing to fill the cold hour. Whoa. So they just started doing that instead. Um, But they remained inseparable, and so I guess you're just able to forgive each other every time. Like, oh, sorry, I tried to kill you. It was all ditto.
0: They must just be like a symbiotic, like they cannot They just can't function
1: without each other, yeah. yeah. So they were sent, I guess one of, they then later, (sighs) wow, that was a lot of me trying to start a sentence and not knowing where I was going. It was really fun for me. Um, They started also committing arson. Oh, no. And they burnt down a building, and I think they burnt down like four three or four buildings but here's the thing they would burn down a building and then they would call the police and like say oh there's like an arsonist someone burnt down the 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 house and ran away and then when the cops got there because it was a small town the cops would see the two silent twins and be like well we know it, it wasn't you because like the arsonist just called us and you don't talk so like they were calling cops and saying i'm the arsonist i just burnt this place down And then the cops would get there and see the silent twins that everyone knew in town was like, well, it's definitely not you (gasps) because you don't talk. So were they just awkwardly standing next to a burning building? Yeah. Like shining status? Yeah, basically. But then they did that three or four times and the cops were like, "Mm, you're probably responsible. Why are these small children like out next to this burning fucking building? I don't know. I mean, come on. So they were sent to a high security mental facility. Okay. um, Where they spent 14 years. Oh. And during this time the the arson case like blew up around Wales because it was there were two twins who have literally never spoken to another person, only talked to each other in a, in a random language the first time that they are speaking to an adult is to call the cops to say, <laughs> we're arsonists. And <laughs> then just awkwardly stand there at their own
0: crime and act like they didn't do it. We don't even speak to our parents, but 911, we just burnt down a <laughs> fucking building. Oh, but we didn't do it. Also, oh, but also, like if we're standing in front of it really silently, it wasn't us (laughs) four times in a row. I don't speak English unless it's really fast, so it wasn't me.
1: (laughs) But you know what? We certainly can walk in harmony, that's for sure. Um, so, can you imagine seeing two little twins? Like burning a house down and then running in perfect no, motion.
0: No, it's actually really scary in my brain. <laughs> like
1: synchronized runners just like <laughs> prancing away, but then also not prancing away and just standing there and staring at the space until the cops show up. I
0: literally see the shining girls standing, holding hands in front of the fucking burning Like it's very alarming. But that's
1: also like, imagine the cop who shows up at a burning house, sees twins, and then at the same time, both twins turn their faces to you. And they're just staring silently. And then they just stare
0: blankly. And all you know is they don't speak except to each other. I mean- it's, What do you
1: do as the cop you're just like- okay, go away. Like, you're like, shoo, shoo. <laughs> shoo. Like, just kind of like like the town fool. Just, okay,
0: go away. Like, like, we don't want you here. You, like, take a tennis ball and you're like, what?
1: what? You just throw something. Go, get it. go. It's over there. Jesus. I will pay you $5 to leave the fucking premises. Literally, where
0: are your parents is what I would say. And then they can't tell you. They oh. just keep blinking. <laughs> oh, right. They just speak really, really fast.
1: Um. So, but no, but like, they don't even do the babble to, to people. To people, right. But also imagine, like... <laughs> You know how, like, you'll be in certain areas and you'll think people are talking about you, but you can't really tell because either they're speaking another language or they're speaking too far away from you. Oh, yeah. Imagine being that cop and seeing them stare at you and talk about you. In a creepy babble. And you don't know what they're saying, but they're just staring at you and clearly talking to each other. I think
0: the creepy thing, too, is it's not a real language like it's a fucking made-up language like, that they learned before they even realized that language that they exists invented it. like it's so creepy it's not like oh they're speaking french it's like no they're speaking a fucking made-up language
1: yeah That's... they should have thrown some other twins into that county and been like here you try to decipher that <laughs> so uh in the hospital because they went to the mental facility for 14 years right. and their story was blowing up um At the same time, the behavior in the hospital was crazy weird, too. Like, the doctors uh, have records saying that they would only take turns eating, where on one day, one of them would, like, stuff their faces with food while the other starved. What? And then the next day, they would switch shifts.
0: Uh, Were they in the same room? No. Oh,
1: no. That was what I was afraid of. And then the sisters were, like, they were placed in different cells at total opposite ends of the hospital. But the nurses would find them in the same bizarre poses, frozen, like catatonic (gasps) with like their legs bent weird ways or like they're like doing like the like the exorcist kind of bend where like they're doing a back arch, but they're on all fours. Oh, the uh, the wheel, the where they're like their belly is the yoga pose trying to reach the stump, the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. When they're on all fours and like trying to do like an arch. I'm sorry. So the nurse would be like the nurse would just walk by and like that one would be in a freaky fucking pose. She'd be like, that's weird. And go to the other end of the hospital and the twin would be doing the exact same pose. And if you went at different hours or if one was doing a different shift, like a different position, they would do it at the same time. Like they had nurses at different rooms. No, like I guess do like a page or a beep or something when one would change and they'd be changing at the same time without being near each other.
0: Here's the thing. If I had a twin and we were doing the same pose, it would always be corpse pose. (laughs) Or child's pose. Or holding wine pose. Or that. It would just be like, what's the least amount of effort? Like the wheel pose that you're talking about? The Uh back... What's it called? Wheel... I think something wheel. Uh, That's fucking difficult to do. Well, they would both do it in sync at the
1: exact same second away from each other. Psychotic. Like, that's insane. Yeah. So then... Because the story was blowing up, an investigative journalist from the Sunday Times, her name was Marjorie, Mm -hmm. she was desperate to meet them. So she tried to interview them. She actually ended up writing a biography about them in the 80s. Whoa. Um, But so she reached out to them and requested to meet them. And I guess the guards had to literally carry them to sit down because they did that catatonic thing where they just went stiff as hell. Mm. And so they would literally just have to pick them up as like, just like stiff people so even when they picked them up they didn't like move they they would just like freeze every muscle oh so the guards had to pick them up and bring them to the table and then marjorie was trying to talk to them obviously they weren't talking and then she because she was an investigative journalist she talked to the family first like her parents yeah uh their parents and went upstairs to their room and found all the diaries (gasps) so the parents didn't actually know that they were doing like they were really into writing until the journalists found all the journals thousands of, and them. she says that she was just scooping them into the trunk of her car just getting Whoa. all of them and so she had read everything and neither of them were talking to her during this little um like questioning yeah and she just dis- decided to just start talking about their writing and she yeah. was like you know i'm a writer and I think your writing is, you know, really good. And I read some of your stuff. And all of a sudden, they just totally started talking to her. <gasps> like, they were so excited. And she says, I think she quoted them as, like, anxious little animals. Like, ex- like just so, like, explosive in like, talking over each other to try and, like, get her opinion on Holy their stories. Shit. And so she slowly, and by slowly, I mean immediately gained their trust because she was giving them, like, advice about their writing and shit like that. Yeah. So she started visiting them a couple times and she, Marjorie remembers it being like taking five hours to read a single page of their writing because it was like written really small and like, like really elegant cursive. So it was hard to decipher and it was two to 3000 words a day.
0: Jesus. So
1: to read one page took up to five hours. So to read a whole book was taking her like a month. So it was, it took a long time for her to get through all that, but she remembers them asking about every story and wanting every piece of advice they could get. And so she became their friend. And in 1993, she went back to talk to them again because they were about to get transferred to a different hospital. Yeah. So she went to go talk to them about like what they like planned on doing or like if, the, if they ever wanted to hang out with her and Jennifer like interrupts her and says, Marjorie, before that i'm gonna have to die (gasps) wait what and marjorie was like why do you have to die and jennifer was like because we decided what wait what do you mean exactly so during their transfer after marjorie left they were then getting transferred to the next hospital and jennifer slept in june's lap with her eyes wide open Uh, and by the time they got to the new hospital jennifer was dead huh what so later they did an autopsy and they found they said it was a lethal inflammation of the heart but there were no drugs poison nothing in her body it's a total (gasps) mystery how she died (gasps) but the fact that a couple hours before she was like well i'm gonna have to die and then said we decided and then she died on the way to that hospital like before the end of the day she was dead like she predicted what what um, and then when Marjorie visited June next, like yeah. when she visited her after Jennifer had died, June said, I'm free at last, liberated. And at last, Jennifer has given up her life for me.
0: Whoa. Holy shit. On
1: And then uh, Marjorie was like, why on earth did that happen? Yeah. And June was like, well, we decided between the two of us that one of us had to die so the other could have a normal life. And Jennifer said that she wanted to die. And so she died. uh, (laughs) What? And that was the conversation they had right before they got into the, before they talked to Marjorie the day of the transfer. So
0: she's like, okay, I guess I'll inflame my heart
1: now. She just died just on the fucking spot. Jeez. And so uh, on Jennifer's headstone on her grave is a poem that June wrote (gasps) that says, we once were two, we two made one, we no more two through life be one. Rest in peace. What? So the fuck immediately after she died. And when June was just like getting off the truck to get transferred into the next hospital, like the second they fr- they claimed her to be dead um, or deemed her dead, June ever since then has been a totally normal person, <gasps> needs no psychiatric help, is like friends with people in her neighborhood, and she lives in West Wales next to her parents. Like, has, like, a great relationship with the parents and her siblings and... And
0: what the fuck?
1: And And uh,
0: speaks normally. And speaks
1: totally fine. Like, will gladly talk about the whole situation. So, on Snap Judgment, I think, is that website, Yeah, there's a whole transcript where she describes everything that happened between her and her sister. And when Wallace ends up writing a biography about this for them in the 80s, June told her that one of them had to die in order for the other to live a normal life. June admits and says out loud that jennifer wanted to be a sacrifice so that june could lead an independent life and they ask her now like oh so you know you wanted to be a writer really badly are you like writing about any of this that happened and you know can we see anything any work you've done and she says ever since june died ever since jennifer died i don't need to write anymore it seems to me that as i get older i don't want to and i don't see the point in writing books now that i can communicate Whoa! And then they said, "Well, weren't you able to communicate the whole time?" And she said, "Yeah, but I can talk now." <gasps> so like, she like like what the spell broke.
0: The fuck.
1: Also, there's a BBC documentary called "The Silent Twin Without My Shadow" that was made in the '90s, and that's the Silent Twins.
0: Holy crap! So I
1: didn't mean to like step on toes. If that was like more true crime than anything, I don't but think like, so it was a mysterious assisted
0: suicide of sorts the only thing i'd ever heard about them was like their secret language and then when they were placed in like cells or psychiatric wards or whatever in separate places that they like could weirdly like communicate Mm -hmm. or have like the same like right like they would do the same poses or they would sleep the same way yep oh my god that is trippy as fuck so did she so was she, like, sad about her sister or not really? She was just like, oh, she did this for me. She's like, doesn't even think about it. Wow. That is just she's weird. She's
1: like, yeah, she's dead. I'm finally free. Bananas.
0: Mm-hmm. That is
1: wild. Apparently, they talked for a long time about which one would die, and I guess Jennifer said, I'm weaker, so I'll die. Oh, what? I, I don't know.
0: Yikes. <sighs> By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what, perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's gonna smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's about a lady named Joyce McKinney. Yay! This was sent to us by Chloe. Hi, Chloe. In an email. Um, The other names of the story are the Mormon Sex in Chains Case slash Case of the Manacled Mormon. Hmm. That's what they used to call me in high school. Take your pick. Which one? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Take your pick, which one? (laughs) Oh, Joyce. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that was the one. Um, But you can call me Joyce. You can call me McKinney. They all do. (laughs) Okay. Joyce McKinney. She grew up in a small town in North Carolina and moved to Utah uh, at some point in the 1970s to go to school. She was a beauty queen in that she won uh, this award called miss wyoming dash world not to be confused with the very legitimate miss wyoming oh pageant right okay (laughs) it's like the knockoff brand yeah it's literally it's like when oreos are called like chocolate cream cookies it's like
1: (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah or like um cinnamon toast crunch i think is called like Cinnamon, t- cinnamon squares. Cina- cinnamon bread squares. It's like no, that's yeah. that's disgusting.
1: <laughs> or like Fruit Loops is like rainbow circles. It's like <laughs> well, all right, rainbow circles.
0: <laughs> yeah. So she basically won Miss Wyoming Dash World, which she was living in Utah. Also. So she's not
1: Tony the Tiger. She's like Timmy the Cat. Meow. <laughs> 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 she's there. All right. <laughs> they're discounted god
0: damn it (laughs) yeah (laughs) short answer yeah (laughs) and so to this day articles call her miss white former miss wyoming she was never miss wyoming got it just to point that out um but she wasn't only beautiful She also had a self-proclaimed IQ of 168.
1: And they sold her in bulk at Costco.
0: (laughs) I feel like she's more of a Sam's Club item. Right, I think so. But, like, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Okay, point being, she self-proclaimed that she had an IQ of 168. Right, me too. But, like, right, me too. Like, I also, I have a self-proclaimed IQ of, like, 204. I'm also a professional skateboarder. Yeah, self-proclaimed. And a millionaire, yeah, self-proclaimed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. I am self-proclaimed sober. Right, so. Bravo so, to you. Thank you. I worked really hard. So, anyway, she Joyce is in Utah. She for school. She converts to Mormonism and she begins studying for her doctorate in theater at Brigham Young University, mm. where she meets her classmate named Kirk Anderson. Okay. So at this point, she's 27 and he's 19. And they have like a brief courtship, like a romantic involvement. Uh, they're together for a little while. But Kirk was also Mormon. And so he deeply regretted having sex with her because of his religious belief, which was to wait until marriage. Okay. So he left her to become a Mormon missionary. Mm-hmm. So Joyce is horrified that Kirk has left. Um, So she moves to Los Angeles and starts acting so she can raise enough money to hire a private investigator to find Kirk wherever he's gone off to. All right. Uh, The investigator finds out that Kirk is on a Mormon mission in England. So Joyce and her friend Keith may hop on a plane to go find him. All right. Good start. Just hop on. They hop on it. They take a little trampoline, and they just, boop. (laughs) Doink. Here I am. (laughs) So they go to England, and they find Kirk. Mm -hmm. In in England. In a church. Uh, Okay. Joyce approaches him on the front steps of the church, chloroforms him. Oh, my. And drives him out to the English countryside where she has rented a house. Of course. She handcuffs him to the bed, spread-eagled, Mhm and tells him she's rescuing him. Oh shit. Uh I will also add that it's probably not important, but I think it's important to add that the handcuffs were lined in mink. All right? So Pete's pissed too. So <laughs> so she's just making enemies left and right.
1: <laughs> she has burnt all of her bridges.
0: <laughs> um okay. So she leaves Kirk chained to the bed for days. And rapes him. Um, The whole time, she's trying to convince him to agree to marry her. Oh, my God. He finally agrees, just so she'll stop assaulting him. Fair. And so she, like, lets him go, because he convinces her, like, oh, yeah, okay, I love you, I'll marry you. The second she lets him go, he pieces the fuck out, Mm -hmm. contacts police, tells him the whole story, and they arrest Joyce. But... This is the 70s. The tabloids went bananas. They were like, how could a woman rape oh a God. man? my God. Jesus Christ. It was Christ. really bad. So it was, you know, he was a six five, two 245-pound man. Right, of course. So they're like, there's no way a woman could rape you. A Mormon man. She was 112 Ugh. pounds. They were like, there's no way she could kidnap and rape you. That's ridiculous. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Sure. So some of the headlines were, the case of the manacled Mormon the Mormon sex and chains case. So like they made total light of this and it's yeah. just awful because like he went forward and was like, this happened to me and they were like, Oh, this it was is like just hilarious. Turned into, like, yeah. It just turns this giant locker room joke. Totally. Totally. Like if you flip it on the other direction, it's like, yeah, can you imagine? You know, it's horrifying. Um, but it actually turns out that British law had no provision for a woman committing rape on a man. They had no prior great legal precedent for that. So there was like nothing they could do so instead of feeling horrified or ashamed or anything by the media coverage joyce actually thrived in it surprise yeah right so when police picked her up she scrawled a note on a piece of paper that said help me exclamation point and held it up to the back window of the police car as she was driving away oh shit um And then before she went to jail, she wrote two letters, one to her parents, one to the press. And then she explained that she put one in her vagina and one in her (laughs) her rectum. (laughs) Oh, my God. She gave exclusive interviews to the Daily Express. She made a fortune selling her story. Like, I think they gave her 40,000 pounds. Shit. At the time, like, in the 70s, 80s, to, like, just explain what happened, which is probably And this poor guy is just getting, like
1: Berated for what happened to him and she's just making millions. Oh yeah. God damn it. Uh
0: so she claimed to love him, Kirk, so passionately that quote, if he had asked, I would have skied down Everest in the nude with a carnation up my nose. I I mean I think we'd all like to find a love like that, you know? Oh yeah. Especially with the origin that they had. God. Okay. Does
1: she ever get um, justice? Does Does she get justice? Do we get justice
0: on her? Things get real weird. Okay. Real weird in a way that you don't expect them to get weird. Okay. So McKinney Mm -hmm. uh, told tabloids that her preparation for the kidnapping included reading books on deprogramming people who were in cults. Oh, shit. Uh, she said the Mormon church was a cult. Remember, she was also, right. had also joined the Mormon church. Um, she said the cult had convinced her true love, Kirk Anderson, to shirk her and run away to England. Uh, despite the fact that she later denounced Mormonism, uh, she was <laughs> apparently like super dedicated to it for a while. So she had converted to it while she was in school. Mm-hmm. Um but she became obsessed with the Osmond family, which was like this. I like said Donnie Osmond and all that. I feel like probably it was a Mormon like celebrity family of the 70s, and there was like okay. a ton of them. So, probably the Osmonds, okay. the Osmonds yeah. The Osmond family. So, she said um, her goal was to marry into their family, and she set her sights specifically on Wayne Osmond, and she spent years just, like, obsessing. Let's
1: look up Wayne Osmond. All right, let's do it. Ew. Let me see.
0: Let me see, let me see, let me see.
1: I don't get it. I'll find
0: a, I'll find a picture of him from his
1: yesteryears.
0: Oh, that's probably fair. Let's give him a chance.
1: It's the best I can do.
0: Hot. Okay. <laughs>
1: Obsess away, girl. Well, that's it's so understandable. Pretty unpleasant. <laughs> Whatever. You uh, know, I will say he's one of those guys that age helped. Okay. He became better looking as he got older.
0: I'll also say that, like, you know, if Miss Wyoming Dash World is into you. I mean, you got to jump on it. Uh, some You did something right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, he may, maybe didn't get Miss Wyoming but you got miss wyoming dash world i mean what else are you gonna do i didn't get miss wyoming dash world i'll <laughs> tell you
0: that listen most of us didn't uh uh-uh. oh i i got miss tanzania so and there's no not even a dash world so you really won up the game right? i got a whole a whole country not a whole country
1: hunt country allison
0: um goddamn it <laughs> Remember that time you asked if people in Tanzania speak click language and I was ready to kick your ass? How are you dating Allison? I'm like... Because you deleted that part out of the original episode and she didn't know about it until just now. And now I bring it up all the time. Do you tell her? Oh, yeah. (gasps) Damn it. I'm so lucky. Listen. Let's move on. So here's what happened. She made a shit ton of money from the tabloids. And then she and her accomplice, Keith May, who brought her to England, they flee england end up in canada with fake passports sneak into the u.s dress up as nuns <laughs> as you do because they were trying to hide right apparently when good they were-
1: disguise guys
0: <laughs> i know right I'm like that really blends in it's like if you're trying to blend in like you have a <laughs>
1: mcdonald's employee or something
0: literally put on some crocs and like <laughs> no one will know
1: put on some camo and just scream about america Pull like an American, put like an
0: eagle somewhere on your body. Yeah. Wear some Crocs. Like, it's not hard, okay? Yeah, I know. It's really not. But she, um, apparently, when they f- ended up in Canada, they were wearing, they described the outfit, but it was like blue tinted sunglasses, like very specific. <laughs> like, just a really weird outfit. And I was
1: like, I mean, all my nuns have blue tinted sunglasses. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine a nun in aviators? Listen, I can, and it's
0: sister act. <laughs> Is what it is. <laughs> it's Whoopi. It's just Whoopi Goldberg. It's Sister Act seventeen. <laughs> uh, it's Whoopi Goldberg in blue tinted sunglasses, just singing. Them. And she
1: also like is Miss Universe almost. Oh right, she's like dash. <laughs> miss universe dash church like miss vatican <laughs> <laughs> dash miss World. vatican
0: dash kind of america if you believe it she's also wearing crocs so like <laughs> she got it she's got it down and like they didn't so the fbi caught them uh-huh. Is the moral of the story right okay so they did not follow Whoopi's example no. um they got caught because they had fucking fake passports and the fbi was like no that's it like we get that it's the 70s but you can't do that <laughs> like nowadays you'd probably end up in fucking like yeah sing sing but then it was like no don't do that silly nun just tisk, and silly nuns and then they just like there's one joyful joyful <laughs> the airport did they er- sing ave maria <laughs> yes the airport erupted in song some small <laughs> some small children appeared in the
1: background and then and then one boy going through puberty really had a high note soprano and saved
0: the whole church i mean it's crazy that they were able to continue and get a sequel too yeah with the church the church survived we digress so anyway here's what happened british authorities decided not to file extradition charges so the two, Keith and... Who the fuck is Keith? I don't know who Keith, Keith is. Keith is the PI. Yeah. No, no, no. Keith is just the friend. Just the guy that just went doink on a, on a plane with her. Yes. So they hired... She hired a PI to find this guy. Oh, and then... And she and her friend, and Keith. And they just buddy system. And his name is just Keith, and he's just always there. Classic Keith. Classic Keith is...
1: Maybe it's, maybe it's CK's silent twin. Oh, my God. CK. They're just...
0: Do you speak a really fast language? He's like, yes, it's English. <laughs> it's Scottish. He doesn't speak Scottish. I know. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but Keith might like Keith might Keith speaks Scottish. Okay, so here's what happened. She and Keith received suspended sentences. This is what she said when they caught them. She Mm -hmm. said, this isn't what I wanted. I just want a little house with Kirk to be able to have a hot dinner with him when he gets home from work to stand by him. Why can't I have that? It's like because you're a fucking stockist raper. Mm -hmm. Raper. Stockist raper. A stalker rapist. rapist. Listen.
1: I know. I agree with you. You know what I mean. Kirk got out of town as he should. And poor guy now has to, like, live in hiding because people are just harassing everyone's him.
0: bashing. He's literally on a religious missionary trip. And then suddenly is, like, hu- publicly humiliated after being Yuck. raped. And now she's just going and being like, I just love him so much. Ugh. Anyway. so Disgusting. She was charged with indecent assault of a man because under the then Sexual Offenses Act of 1956... Because she was a woman, there was no crime of rape committed. Right, because God forbid. So it was indecent assault, so she didn't really get much time for just that. Just like a slap on the wrist. Yeah. So years later, so that was in the 70s, in 1984, Kirk Anderson notices Joyce is parked outside of his workplace. Oh, shit. At this point, he's married with two kids, <gasps> and she's just like chilling in a fucking car outside his work. So he calls police. They... they show up, look through her car, they find a notebook of information that she's just logged his day-to-day activities. Oh, shit. His activities, his movements, like, his plans, just logged all of it. They also open her trunk and find handcuffs and chains. Oh, shit. And when they question her, she says, Oh, I just wanted to talk to Kirk to see how he's doing. Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: she's... And I'm assuming stalking laws weren't even a thing in the 70s.
0: Oh, right. Especially if a woman is, you know what I mean? like Right. She's just a crazy ex. When things started to turn, at least, you know, it was typically like, oh, men are harassing women. But like, mm-hmm. in the 80s being like, oh, this woman is obsessed with me. Mm-hmm. No one's going to legally do it you know what I mean? Could you get a restraining order at the time? Probably not. It's also in a different country. So it's like, I don't know. Right. Or maybe they were in the U.S. at this point. I don't know. So, anyway, she tells the whole story because, again, she just, like, loves the limelight. Mm -hmm. She tells the whole story to this film director named Errol Morris, who's this famous director. He uh, directed, like, Holocaust film, like, just really intense documentaries. And he creates this Oscar-winning documentary about her. God damn it. It's called Tabloid, and it's about her life. Uh, So she is interviewed in the documentary extensively, and here's um, something she said to explain what happened. She said, Kirk number one was the man I fell in love with, and Kirk number two was Cult Kirk. Oh, God. Classic Cult Kirk. Classic Cult Kirk. She claims that the uh, Devon hideaway, so it was in Devon in -hmm. England, um, where she took him was kind of a honeymoon cottage where she intended to keep having sex with him until she missed her period to (gasps) certify her pregnancy.
1: Oh, my God.
0: At first, she says he was sexually impotent because he had been brainwashed by the Mormons. Oh, right. Not because he just didn't want to have sex with you. Because you were fucking raping raping him. him. Yeah. She said, it's basically like the Mormons were in my bedroom. But the Kirk number 1 somehow rematerialized, and she actually starts to tear up when she describes how the three days of lovemaking, how beautiful it was and how it was the melding of two souls. Jesus Christ. As to the charge of raping a man, she smiles and says, I think that's like putting a marshmallow in a parking meter. What the fuck? It doesn't make sense. Like. Uh, oh, yeah. Which by the way is not how. Yeah. Yeah. That works. Thank you very much um okay so i read an article in time written by richard corliss who wrote about the movie and i thought the way he put it was just brilliant so i'm just gonna say it. he said who wants to be the subject of a documentary the same sort of person who goes on reality tv an exhibitionist which is exactly mm-hmm. what she is she just like wants fucking attention yes um so <laughs> joyce mckinney later sues morris and the makers of the film Alleging that she was tricked into giving interviews Oh, oh yeah yeah And that they slandered her And it was all a lie um, She said <laughs> At this point she was visually impaired And had a guide dog She said that the producers broke into her home Threatened her dog would die If she didn't sign release
1: papers no, Like and it's a-, a silent twin is just going to pass out in five minutes on a truck <laughs> i'm just gonna enlarge my heart real quick it's gonna that dog's heart is gonna inflame itself i tell you i
0: mean that's insane so she said that they would threaten to kill the dog if she didn't sign papers and they were like what the actual fuck like she agreed to do this she interviewed yeah. with us like nobody forced her to sign anyway anyway so she did not win that lawsuit i'll tell you that much oh good and they tried to settle with her and she's like i refuse to settle and they were like okay well then you lose like yeah <laughs> all right you're not gonna get the money um, so anyway, things don't stop here because she's fucking batshit. What happens? More things happen. So she turns up in Tennessee about thirteen years ago. So it was probably like two thousand four. Yeah. Um, and she apparently hired a man to burglarize a house because she wanted to raise money to pay for an artificial leg for a three legged horse. <laughs> Uh, Listen She hired
1: (laughs) That is downright bananas She's Looney Tunes I tell you what (laughs) It
0: gets weirder Oh wow So in 2008 A couple years later She's back in the news Even though she tried To be discreet By using her middle name Which is Burnin Uh huh So she's instead of Joyce She used Burnin McKinney Uh, She was spotted in South Korea under her fake name (laughs) because she was having her favorite dog, named Booger, by the way. Cute. Cloned Uh, into five puppies.
1: What the fuck? Okay, to be fair, though, if I had the money that I could clone Gio, you know there'd be at least
0: ten of them. Listen, I talked about that at work all day. (laughs) (laughs) But also... It costs $100,000. Yowza. And then I thought, you know, you're cloning your dog, but it's still, like, not your dog. Like, it's just a little weird. Like, why not rescue a dog who needs a home? Why not clone the horse before it had three legs? And then you've got a four-legged <laughs> fucking
1: horse. You don't got to rob anyone. Or just, like, kill the first one. <laughs> I mean, now you got seven legs. Oh <laughs> seven my. legs, two horses. One's going to die, but at least you.
0: Just, like, tie them together.
1: Yeah, yeah, they'll just do, like, that weird race that people do during team building days.
0: PETA is gonna kick our ass. <laughs> Listen, all I have to say is I get why you would clone your dog, like, I get it, but also, like, there are so many thousands of dogs that have to be euthanized. hmm Like, take a puppy who needs a home. Aw. But... But whatever, we get it. I'm not on a pedestal. It's of fine. Of all the things
1: you've done, this one makes the most sense.
0: Of all the things, who's done?
1: Joyce Kinney. Oh, Joyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Of all things she's done, this is the one thing I agree with. This is the one thing. So she gets her dog cloned in South Korea for $100,000. And she's like, I didn't do that. And they're like, do you think the puppy's tummies have a print that says made in Korea? Yes. And actually, I think it's a sticker, like one of those little,
1: a little scratch and sniff.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, no. It's fucking late. (laughs) Here's the thing. She had all these fucking puppies cloned. Okay? hmm Then, she's like, I didn't do that. And they were like, what? Yes, you did. We have... It's literally you. And she's like, that's not me. And they were like... <laughs> she's like, that's not my name. And they're like, yeah, it's your fucking middle name. Like, what do you mean? That's like me when I know I've done something wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I didn't. It's a little kid being like, it was my imaginary friend. You're like, I'm not
1: fucking stupid. When I was little, I blamed my cousin on eating all the oreos like sneaking waking up in the morning and sneaking downstairs and stealing the oreos from the top shelf and eating all of them and i was like he did it and they have a picture of me going he did it and i've got a bunch of fucking cookie all over my face (laughs)
0: like no i didn't that's the best one it's like it's
1: like all right you're right
0: okay dumbass yeah sure (laughs) i believe you yeah so she's like i didn't i know that was i didn't clone a dog and they're like You're holding five puppies. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's you. And they literally look like your dog, by the way. And also, (laughs) like, we see your face and you used your middle name. It's not sneaky. Yeah. So she's like, oh, yeah, okay. Oops, that was me. Whoopsies. Whatever the fuck. So then, here's what happened now. She's now, Joyce Anderson, is now a real estate agent. She shies away from publicity, which... Why wouldn't you after so much time in front of the publicity? I feel like... That has to be a lie. Like, she's probably still planning her next move. hmm For sure. Um, She uses a wheelchair now for mobility. She lives in North Carolina. And Keith, Keith May, her co-conspirator, died in 2004. Mm-hmm. But we know nothing about him. He just was, like, casually there.
1: He was just like, look, if you're going to go on this wild ride, I might as well come with you. And there was some, like teen bop sensation movie about like two best friends
0: it's like in the lizzie mcguire movie where he was the gordo
1: (laughs) he was the gordo
0: you're like wait who's gordo like (laughs) he was just there he was like like, he was just there like covering
1: your tracks during every one of your fuck-ups
0: yeah but you know and then he died
1: in 2002
0: he died 2004 close enough 2004 and then you just kind of never gave him the time do day. you imagine a Lizzie
1: McGuire movie where she like cloned a bunch of puppies and then she was like, I didn't do that. And then
0: Gordo dies. Oh, that was definitely a
1: movie. That was for sure exactly what happened, that I That was like Lizzie McGuire. Uh, That's what happened with the little cartoon versions of them. Goes to South Korea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I cannot handle this lady. I just I know it wasn't like a murder, but I just thought this was it's so a true crime fucking bananas it's a true crime it is very much a crime and chloe sent it to me the other day and i was like she goes oh here's a link and i was like oh what is this and i clicked the link and sometimes i'm like oh this is interesting but it's just like one story like i can't do a whole story but then i just keep reading and i'm like she just goes on and on bananas for years like she just does not stop (laughs) being fucking batshit yep so she's just like cloning dogs and like robbing houses to save horses with three legs like it's just so nuts
1: yeah we never heard more about that
0: horse did we it was just that specific thing. i just love how she just like got caught yeah hiring someone to burglarize a house so she could save a horse with three legs like that's so many steps to save a horse why can't you just be like hey i'm starting a charity to raise money for this horse exactly and the best part is that oh to burglarize our house to raise money i'm like that's not what raising money is that's called stealing money so buying and stealing so like you're literally stealing and buying stealing money stealing and selling jesus christ get me out of this to buy a horse leg what's up
1: i was trying to think of like a funny horse pun but
0: oh i I got some oh yeah hay is for horses (laughs) that's my username Shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah, someone has to say hey to you first. Oh. Uh, hey. No, I don't like it that way. I just oh. like it as my username. <laughs> what about. Hey, you want to hang out? <laughs> Nay. No. <laughs> no, no. Let's stop. Let's okay. Stop here. <laughs> Listen, Ugh. tell
1: them when to email us. Sometimes I'm. I'm trying to be very
0: stable. (gasps) Get it. Were you the one who taught me about hold your horses? Yeah. I was? I think so. Teach me again. Teach me back. Okay. Uh, You told me that when you say hold your horses, it means be stable. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hold your horses in a stable.
1: Hold your horses. You need to be stable. Yeah. I thought that was just. That was a pretty good mind blow
0: for both of us. It's a good one. It just happened again for me. It's just pretty wild, like some horses, you know? I'm sorry. Just tell people where to find us on the internet. Uh, you can
1: find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ATWWD podcast. You can also email us, and that's why we drink at gmail.com, where you can send your listener stories. We put out a listener's episode on the first of every month. We have our website, and that's why we drink.com. We have our shop, and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com, where Lots we got a whole bunch merch. of stuff. It's very exciting. We also have a Patreon, ATWWD podcast. Um, you can follow us on our personal stuff. Xteen Schieffer and
0: V.M. Schultz. It's a good time. And that's why we drink. drink. Clink. <laughs> <laughs> Is there another noise? That's it, right? Roof! <laughs> oh, <laughs> <All> right. <laughs>
1: The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.